Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're answering a very important question. Are Catholics hypocrites? Yeah, we're going to look at the, one of the most common charges against Christians is that we don't actually practice what we preach. And we're going to explore ways that Catholics actually do live up to the call of the gospel. Well, I want to kind of answer the question. Are Christians hypocrites? Yes. And let me tell you why. All right, really excited about this episode. Grateful to be in the studio with you, yeah, Father man, of course. Rich, Ryan. We've got a very special guest, Any Hickman, here from Delray Collective. Finally, yeah, I know this is. We've been talking about this Finally. for a long time. Well, we've yeah. tried to have him on the show like three times, and every time it's like, oh no, we can't. No, or something happens. Or so. let's just hang out. Right, yeah. That's it. I actually prefer that. That's that's what I enjoy. Well, we can do that here. <laughs> yeah. it's, no, it's all work. Here. I want to play some Bob Hat right now, but you oh, know, gosh, what a up. fun trip that was, man. Yeah, no. you're also my hunting buddy. Too. Yeah, that's yeah, this man. is yes, and that hat uh, yeah. that's reminiscent of our uh, first our hunting. Hog, yeah, exactly yeah, where we our met. First and, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Hogs, that's right. Mm-hmm. I think I still uh, have the belt. By the way, I won last. I wasn't at the most recent yeah, one. There was I. There was somebody mm-hmm. else that won. Really? Yeah. I need yeah. to come back. You do. So today we're talking about hypocrisy. Now, it's a cool word, hypocrisy. We're going to explain what it means mm-hmm. and where it comes from, but. That's one of the most common charges that people who are, uh, I guess, against the faith or look at the faith as something no longer relevant to modern life is that so many people do not practice the calling of Christianity, but still claim to be Christians themselves. It's something that my sister actually says, you know, she, she said to me, Richie, I don't I don't go to church because... Church is just filled with hypocrites. And, you know, in, in part, she's not right. You know, she's not wrong. Right. She's not wrong. There's a lot of hypocrisy. And she's been burnt a number of times by people within the church. Yeah. And that's a painful mm-hmm. process to rebound from and to find the true church, See, the mystical the, church in the middle of all that. Yeah. But here's the thing, and this is a distinction and something I want to explore in this episode. Are the people who do not practice what they preach, are they actually hypocrites? I'm going to say probably not because... There's a distinction between failing time and time again, which is what so many of us do, and that's what typically gets the charge of hypocrisy leveled against us, yeah. versus somebody who actually does not believe but still benefits from it by pretending. Very right? different. Yeah. Right? Very different. Very and different. But they are distinctions, but the term has kind of been, you know, liquidated to the point where any time that somebody fails at their faith, they're called a hypocrite. But that's not that's not the case. It almost has to do like I, I feel like it almost has to do with how we project ourselves, right? So if I am so if I am walking around like I am perfect, right, and then am found out, yeah, there's some hypocrisy there. But I think as a church, right, we're founded on this this idea that I am in need. Mm-hmm. Like I am not I am I'm not claiming to be perfect. I need a savior. You know, I need to come to the sacrament. So I think in that regard. There probably is a misunderstanding, you know, and a difference between somebody who's walking around saying, like, I am perfect, I practice the faith, I'm a follower, I don't sin, mm-hmm. and then being found out, yeah, that's hypocrisy. But for the most part, I mean, or at least in my family, there is, we can't live without mm-hmm. the sacrament. I mean, we, we have to go because mm-hmm. we're aware of our own neediness, you know, yeah. in that. So, and that's, uh, that's, that's the ultimate But you don't need. project that. Self righteousness in that you project humility because you need 
a savior. That's maybe, the disposition. Maybe, but well, I mean, yeah. maybe I'm bad at it, and somebody is misunderstood misunderstood me saying, "Hey, I got to go to church." As, oh, aren't you perfect? Mm-hmm. You know? See, but you said, a, I think a very important word there is acting a certain way, and the very word hypocrite comes from the Greek word for actor. It comes from the Greek word. Um, that meant somebody who acted in a theatrical play, right? Mm. And that you are somebody who is acting. You are putting on a part, mm. and you are not actually that. It is all a pretend. It's a guise. So when somebody says you're a hypocrite, the classical term, and the way that Jesus would have used it in in the Gospels was that these people, the Pharisees and the scribes, mm-hmm. you woe to you hypocrites. You do not actually believe what it is you're teaching. You're pretending because of what you gain from it. You gain mm-hmm. societal importance or income or power. Yeah. That's very different than me saying, look, the Catholic Church is the most important thing, and then going and failing time and time again to live up to its calling. Mm-hmm. Those are distinctions that I think is important for us to explain so that people can understand that Christians do fail constantly. Yeah. And that's, and that's why with, we need the church. And that's the thing with his sister is that, you know, she's pointing to this, to this hypocrisy, but yet Jesus points to it too Mm -hmm. as well. And so it's a very important, the central figure of our faith, this God man is calling out hypocrites and, and it's central to our Christian faith that hypocrites are going to hurt us. They're going to harm us. They're going to give us, you know, anger and all these other things, but forgiveness and mercy and calling it as you see it is something that Jesus Christ did himself. And and if the if the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes are representing the tradition of the children of Israel, the church, the church, yeah. you know, the faithful people, the kahal, like a faithful Ooh. gathering. Wow, you know, huh? that's a good word. Hebrew. Seminary, it huh? is, yeah, man. Seminary's coming back out. But kahal, if, if that's kahal, wouldn't that be Greek though? Actually, kahal is Hebrew. Isn't that where Catholic comes from? Catholicos. Yeah, that's Greek, according to the whole kahal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Possibly. Look at you, linguist. You tell us out yeah, there. Possibly. But you don't need to tell us. But yeah. no, the whole the whole sense of of you know Jesus is pointing this out, and he's reminding the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. Jesus is reminding us of our sinfulness every time that we gather. Right. And that's how we begin every single mass. We say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us call to mind, my brothers and sisters, that we are sinners. Right. Let mm-hmm. us call to mind these occasions of our sinfulness, right. the fact that we have fallen short. And let us ask God for his mercy so that we may be prepared to celebrate these sacred mysteries. Isn't that the posture yeah. with which we begin? Yeah. I love, um, you know, John the 23rd was great at pointing out this, uh, this, um, you know, this reality within, within the church as well. You know, kind of the first one to point you know, these, these types of things out. And I love the idea of the posture of the Christian starting there. It's like if you, it's like if you're stuck or sick, you know, sickness is probably another good example. Like if you're sick, um, but don't know you're sick, you're never going to the doctor, right? Or stuck and aren't aware that you're stuck in need of rescue or need of help. Um, that is, that's everything, you know, to the mature Christian. I understand daily, <clears throat> I, I don't have it together. I send here, 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 and here. And then on the way here, 
<laughs> are you Other confessing than, right now? Yes. Well, no, I mean, mass is this great. Is it, I love that the penitential rite comes first because yes. oftentimes, like getting ready for mass, yeah. you, I mean, you, yeah. you know, With in kids, a big family, you have a number, kids, that's I have a number. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah. many, many. I mean, scripture says, scripture says, number. I have a number. And you know what that number is? I, I forget the number. <laughs> it's, let's just leave it as a number. Well, so, scripture says that the righteous man sins seven times a day. Yeah. Right. Well, that's how many mm. kids I have. There you go. There's that number. <laughs> the number of children. Be quiet, 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 be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Matthew 23 is really kind of very forceful as mm -hmm. far as Jesus' preaching go against hypocrites. And there is so many, the woe to yous. Mm -hmm. It says, woe to you, hypocrites who do this and that. So go read Matthew 23 if you want to see what Jesus thought about hypocrites. And yeah. it's it's pretty shocking. And I'm sure if you look through that list, there will be times where you say, oh, that's me. That's mm -hmm. me. You know, my, my, the one I like is, you give dill and cumin, but you ignore the weightier things of the law. Yeah. Like you're going to bring these little spices and you're going to make your sacrifice, but you're forgetting the weightier things of loving your neighbor, loving your God more than right. anything. So Join hospitality to the right. stranger. Uh, Isaiah 58 this last weekend, right? Mm -hmm. On You know, this shocking, you know, the... You know, you do these fasts so that you, you know, you, I, I forget mm -hmm. the wording, but it's this beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, you do this, you do that, but is that the fast I want? You know, mm -hmm. is it not to, you know, um, you know, to, to bring the needy poor into your home? Is it not to, yeah, th mm -hmm. those types of things. I think when we do, um, yeah, do the outer things for approval, power, uh, status. Yeah. We are, we're engaging in yeah. that. Yeah. We're engaging in that. And and I don't think that, I mean, I, I, I would say that there is a distinction between practicing something that is not of a natural virtue yet. You know, I think, it, I think there's a distinction there as well to say, I know this to be the right thing. Uh, do you understand? You know what I'm That's saying? That's like St. Like, Augustine. St. Right, Augustine like, was in that position. Go ahead and bring the body mm -hmm. to the right thing that you know. That's not, I wouldn't consider that hypocrisy in the acting sense, but it's okay if you know this is the law to bring the needy or to show hospitality um, just because that isn't coming from a place of, oh, this is my natural tendency or it's a virtue yet. I still think it's okay to you, act like a Christian. You mm -hmm. become what you do. Right. And that is the, that is the case. Behavioral therapy. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, behavioral therapy is based on that, right. is that yeah. you kind of place the behavior before mm -hmm. the transformation. Mm -hmm. You've got a lot of experience mm -hmm. in therapy. I, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still very sensitive, okay. Ryan. Just act like I didn't hurt your feelings. Yeah, yeah I'm cool. I'm cool, man. I'm cool. No, it's fine. I don't care, man. It's... <laughs> Whatever. Mr. Rogers it comes to mind, you know, yeah. uh, I don't, you know, there, there was, you know, you could easily say, well, this person was an alien, a supernatural, it was just supernatural the way he mm -hmm. did it. But you look into his biography and you understand it from the perspective of he was actually, he had to force himself to behave a certain way. And then it became a practice and then it became an act, you know, perhaps mm -hmm. an actual virtue. Yeah, before um, that, Mr. Rogers was a rough dude. He's getting yeah. a bar fight. He was <laughs> yelling at old people, kicking dogs. You should have I mean, seen him. You oh, should have seen man. him. I don't, yeah. That's not true. Um, <laughs> Francis, you know, another good example, right, <laughs> of, of uh, you know, all at once saying, I heard the call. Of course, there's a lot of grace there. 
to make a conversion like that. But I think he did. He heard the gospel in a way that said, wait a minute, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to behave that mm-hmm. way. No one believed him when he did it at first. Right. They were really? Because yeah. he was a, he this, was this, a playboy. This is, this is the playboy. This is the guy, yeah. the rich kid who parties all the time and all of a sudden he's super holy. Okay, hypocrite. Yeah. Same thing. And then right. he cut his hair like that too. Yeah. It's like, Dude, that was, I mean, that was, that was my mm. kind of not as intense as that, but you know, when I really started, <laughs> I really started following the Lord and people were like, yo, Richie Pagano is, you know, wearing a cross around his neck and handing out Bibles with the Baptist. What's, like, what's, uh, what's going on with Dickie Pagano? <laughs> Nobody ever called me Dickie Pagano. Oh, and yeah. Don't start now. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Dickie Pagano. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that type of transformation for some is immediate. Mm. Um but even for my case, like God has, I may have shifted my attention and my vision, same thing with Francis, on Christ, but it's always a progression and a, and a process of pilgrimage <clears throat> toward greater communion with him. So yeah. there's still things being purified sure. in me and sanctified right. and being confronted yeah. in me and the things that I suffer. Mm-hmm. And I'm suffering for the sake of charity. I'm suffering for the sake of Christ because I desire to be like him. And I desire to be one with him and his people. You know, a lot of times we deserve that charge of hypocrisy when we are going through the conversion. It seems natural that, oh, all of a sudden you're a holy roller, but maybe that's part of the the purative process Mm -hmm. of your conversion is that you will have to bear that charge because according to all your actions beforehand, you probably likely deserve it. There's a precedence there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, uh, this comes into, uh, like into something tangible when I'm praying with my wife. Uh, because you know, being a, <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, yeah, like because, right, because, well, and I think, well, simply because you know, like on stages and things, mm-hmm. you know, or on a show, or you yeah. know, you you do you do because it's you know, uh, it's a job. I want to project. I want to pray really well, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's the secret in ministry, there's the manipulation with prayer, you know, like Lord, we just pray for patience for so you know, like you 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 pray, and it, and it came to a certain point in our marriage where. I don't think I was being hypocritical, but, you know, putting these lovely lilting, you know, these words together in a way and she would look at me and just go like, don't pull your BS with me. Wow. You can't do, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, it, it turned my attention away from sort of like the, the way that I pray in ministry or in front of people to, wait a minute, if I'm praying out loud right now in a, in the most authentic way possible with my wife, that's a different those are different words. It's a lot more silent and it's a lot more um, vulnerable. So we, a lot more vulnerable, yeah. right? Because I can't. She just saw me. That's a powerful mm-hmm. realization. You, awesome. She just saw me, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. there's something with um, I think community, uh, hypocrisy, like the anti-venom. You know, sometimes is real community, marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, vocations where there are people that you are intimate enough with. That they can look, you almost, you don't need, they don't even have to say anything to my wife doesn't have to say anything mm-hmm. to me. She just goes like, is that really, mm, or are wow. you pretending right now? I look at, I look at my life. My most vulnerable places of my prayer is not when I'm celebrating Eucharist, presiding over a liturgy in, in common, or mm. <clears throat> even participating in a liturgy, liturgy community. It's in the middle of the night when I'm in my room oh. and you know, I'm, I'm praying to Christ, like, and I'm, I'm praying to the intercession of the saints. Those are the most vulnerable, real prayers and cries from my heart yeah. than and, than anything else. I'd right. love for you, Annie, <clears throat> because you're you're touching on something that I bring up in my marriage preparation course with all of the couples <clears throat> that I prepare, and and 
spousal prayer mm-hmm. is so important. And you're just sharing very openly about the vulnerability of your prayer as husband and wife. Can you kind of share a little bit of, of your experience of that importance? Yeah, I mean, we can't start our day. I mean, we know at this point, we've been married 19 years. So it's this is a little bit, this takes some practice mm-hmm. and learning that, you know, and it was one of those, I know we're supposed to do this. In the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, they all say it. Marriage yeah. prep, the priest said it. Give a book on spousal yeah, prayer. Yeah, let's <laughs> pray. That sounds yeah, reasonable. Great, I'm totally going to pray this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, um, yeah, we realized, uh, yeah, probably about 10 years ago that we weren't going to be able to fight for our marriage and our family without interceding for one another in the morning. And yeah, in the beginning it did, it was like, all right, let's hold you know, and <laughs> do this thing. Super awkward. And it didn't work. It was just that that didn't work. So we, um, so we ended up uh, shifting completely to the breviary and, and, and praying, so the, pra- praying the prayer that. of the church, because Excellent. oftentimes like, gosh, the, the Psalms and the prayers that are already written uh, do, yeah, sometimes that's way off. Like, well, that's not even close to where I'm at. But as you know, you know, as if, if we pray. You know, the breviary is not a horoscope, you know? No. <laughs> You're supposed yeah, to align yourself to it. But you know? nine times out of ten, it does, right? right? There yeah, is, yeah, yeah. like, this is where we're you. at. Yeah, and this yeah. is this is a uh, this is a cry. So, um, yeah, so that that is the one, uh, the, the morning prayer we, we don't we don't miss. And, uh, you know, occasionally if, um, you know, if evening prayer and night prayer works, uh, we're, we're in there, but that's, yeah, that's, that's sort of our rhythm. And of course, sacramentally, um, those types of, th- there's nothing better than coming home from work and meeting at, um, at mass, <clears throat> you know, and that's why we there's wanted, a, yeah, that's yeah, why we wanted yeah. to have you on this particular yeah. episode is because, you know, I've known you, you know, tangentially and we've met a handful of times and, yeah. and you know, these guys pretty well, and mm-hmm. you really do lead to your best efforts, an authentically Christian life. You know, you really try to lead a Catholic life from the things that you've, and the people that you've ministered to, to the way that you set an example in your home or in your community. So we thought it'd be really good to have you on this topic. Yeah, you're open to, to like, just being vulnerable with people and saying, I try. You know, I mean, like, that's what we do. We right. we try our best yeah. to, to do this. Well, yeah. and it's in, it's it's within community, you know, yeah. that, that, um, that I've, I feel like we've had permission um, to be witness first and teacher second. Um, you know, for whatever reason, people keep inviting us on stages and mm-hmm. shows and do and and like that's fine and good. But man, what what would it be worth? You know, if I wasn't uh, you yeah. know authentic in the home and 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 in our neighborhood and mm-hmm. those types of things. So. Yeah, my conversion experience, I mean, it really did start there. Um, I loved Francis. I loved the idea of, you know, like stripping naked. Now I can only call, you know, <laughs> Father is, in Heaven. A, this is a family show. Yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, uh, I loved the idea of leaving. It. Thomas of Solano in his first biography says Francis left the world. I love that idea of like, peace. Like, we're gone. There is a new way. And I think... Um, I was always inspired by that all or nothing type of uh, type of behavior, no, ma- no matter where I was. And so when it was, yeah, when it was Christian, I, I, I sort of focused in on those things that were authentically Christian and not just nice mm-hmm. and not just polite and not just, uh, you know, sort of, um, yeah, that mediocre static status quo. And so Ed Flanders. Or, yeah. And, yeah. Ned Flanders. No, Ned Flanders is the real deal, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, you know, hypocrisy is one of the main reasons people say they leave churches. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons that, 
young people say that they don't believe in the Christian faith anymore. I don't need to belong to a church because it's hypocrites. I just mm-hmm. need a relationship with God. Hypocrisy or the perception of hypocrisy is cutting a lot of people off from the body of Christ. It's a huge mm-hmm. st- it's, statistic. It's a huge problem. Yeah. And people, I don't want to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. They say this, but then they leave and they do this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the priest says that I shouldn't be, you know, they, the priest tries to teach me sexual ethics, but then I see the news story about the a priest in, mm-hmm. a, in an affair mm-hmm. or a, a scandal. How can I believe you? How can I get guidance from you? on matters of morality when you can't live up to them yourself. You know, mm. that's a huge problem for modern ministry and how we can bring back people who have left over this. Mm. Yeah. And, and But that's precisely where, you know, and we, we've said it on the show a number of times, we're held to a different standard where, you know, we're held to, and, and I think it's problematic to do that. I, I really do think it's problematic it's to place. It's almost. Yeah, to place <laughs> your priest or your minister or your, uh, you know, a, a national speaker <laughs> on, on a certain pedestal. That That is only safe for Christ Jesus, <clears throat> you know? And also how many people take themselves out of the grace of God because they're unable to forgive others or see them in light of their sickness <laughs> as a brother. I you believe know. it is one of the most dangerous things going on in our church today. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the celebrity because, priest. Yeah. Because, because. Sorry, Richie. <laughs> well, I'm C no, 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 list no. or no, D listed by you guys. Anybody. Anybody. No, celebrity anybody. <laughs> you're, you're no Mike Schmitz. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good looking guy. That guy. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to do my beard thing, <laughs> man. I'm yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm you got to get some of that Ascension Presents makeup, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing makeup, Howard. Uh, no I'm makeup. I'm not doing makeup. <laughs> but no, so anyway. No, yeah. No, I think celebrity anything. Uh, You know, we, we, and not only for the, not only for um, the church at large, but I think for the individual, you know, you, you begin to believe your own hype when everyone around, and we see this, like this is, this is the disease that happens within clericalism and, you know, sort of this money power scandal, this thing is that you begin to believe your own hype that you don't, you're not the same. You're literally, mm-hmm. you are set You become apart. an actor. You become, you become an a hypocrite. Act, right. You become Piracy. a hypocrite. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, yeah, I'm, I, um, I don't know where, I don't know where we're headed. I, I really don't. It's a scare. It's a scary thing because there's a new conference every day. There's a new YouTube channel every single day. There's, you know, we, we're, we're doing all of this. And my, my great concern is that we're sort of, you know, jumping this, this, this chasm of, of, of Christian behavior that has to happen first and foremost in, in the home. In the home. Yeah. And then secondarily <clears throat> with our neighbors, you know, this is a pretty yeah. important uh, teaching and, you know, Christ boils it all down. But in the like, 21st century, yeah. who are our neighbors? Because the, mm. the ideas of technology and the way we communicate now have radically transformed yeah. who our neighbors are. You right. Know, totally. There's a, 100%. there's a great book yeah. called Networked Theology, and they have a section within that book in the digital landscape, you know, mm. and questioning, like, who is who actually is right. my neighbor? And it has to come down to just basic interactivity. Yeah. And that's also why we should be very, very conscious of the fact that we are interacting online right. with real people. people. Right. Real people. Yeah, and this is not a dig on conferences or mm-hmm. YouTube channels or any of these things. I mm-hmm. think it's all necessary, <clears throat> but we can't, we, you know, the data is in face-to-face loving of people is still going to, 
you know, still going to be the best mode. Absolutely. Right? And so it is a both and. Yeah. I think that I think in yeah. our in in our witness, it has to be both and, but it has to be both. Mm-hmm. And if we're not, uh, you know, I mean, the, the the question is, it occurred to me through the mouth of my, he was five at the time, came home from Sunday school. Um, I was the youth minister. I was already traveling, speaking to 20,000 people a year and doing this whole thing, celebrity, you know, top of my ministry game. And my son goes, dad, it's Annie Hickman. It's you. Wow. (laughs) My kids used to think that my office was the airport. That's how bad it got. Uh, Sophia, we were driving by the, oh, there's daddy's office. Like, oh my gosh, I got to get off the road. He's five years old and he comes home. We're eating breakfast. And he had already, he had already asked Kana, my wife, but, um, but we got, we got home. He's like, Kana says, Dominic has a question for you. Dad, can we meet our neighbors? Why? Why, buddy? We're living in a cookie-cutter suburban neighborhood. And he says, well, my Sunday school teacher said that Jesus commanded us to love our neighbors, so I mm. thought we should meet them. Mm. Wow. So, like, for me, I had all, you know, and I'm going, wait, could Jesus have meant the guy next door? My neighbor <laughs> is my neighbor? You know, like, there was this huge, like, disconnect in my Christian living that I— had never considered the fact that my neighbors were actually my neighbors. It sounds silly to say now, yeah. but, but, the, but the reality is I think it is. Um, and so, you know, part of our rule of life in our family is this idea of the 10-foot radius that, you know, based on Mother Teresa's stay where you are, you know, find your own Calcutta. Mm-hmm. This is where where I am currently. Mm-hmm. You three, four guys yeah. are don't, my 10-foot radius. Don't reference Howard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come closer. You get into my time. <laughs> How it's still sure seat, sure seat, <laughs> But yeah, that idea that like wherever I am and wherever God has placed me, those that are within the 10 foot radius mm-hmm. are my neighbors. And yeah. so that guy, yeah, and when I'm online, you know, real people out there, um, and when I'm, you know, in the grocery store, real people. And so I think there is a, um, we do need to do some work in the hypocrisy area, but I think it starts with, what if we just considered those that we come into contact with more important than ourselves? Yeah. Uh, you know, on a daily basis, I think that maybe perhaps fewer and fewer people would think of us as hypocritical. Right. Yeah. When, we prioritize, when we prioritize our neighbor like that, mm-hmm. th- that's, that's precisely where Jesus is. And he's calling us to virtue. He's calling us to charity. He's calling us to recognize their nakedness mm-hmm. or their poverty and, needs. and their mm-hmm. needs and, and responding accordingly to that. And that's ultimately what network theology, that book that I yeah. referenced before, that's ultimately what it's driving at because they showed all of these different digital churches that got off the ground, but then ultimately failed. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it came to the conclusion that the local church is ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah. that, that's what, that's what Christ is establishing mm-hmm. because yeah. he's forming those <clears throat> relationships. And the only way they're going to be formed is if you have the courage to actually open up the door to right. your neighbor. What are some of the barriers to this? Cause I'm a, I'm an outgoing person. You, you, you and I are like just peas in a pod, our personalities. Mm-hmm. I'm a very outgoing person where I reach out to my neighbors just because I'm like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sure. hey, like, what do you do? Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people that I, I think personalities are, are very different. And there might be a fear of of others. And, you know, like another thing, too, is we're wired that people are in opposition to us that are out there. And so it kind of like puts this imaginary boundary for people to say, what if I go over there and I meet this guy and we're ideologically different? Yeah. Like what yeah. happens then? 
Right. It, I mean, like it's it a, does it, happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've got yeah. Yeah. For from from um from that moment on, we we started opening up our our home weekly to our neighbors. And like you, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, just hang. Let's hang. Let's talk. We can keep a conversation going. Yeah. Um, but we knew immediately, like, oh my goodness, no, they 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 don't vote like us. Mm-hmm. They don't, they, you know, the ideologies, the value systems, the way they raise their family, everything is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And again, like, you know, this incredible you know, realization that that's also the genius of Jesus. <laughs> that like in interacting with folks who don't think exactly like me. I am challenged well, to listen and to be patient and to, to be and to love and to yeah. be. It's that's it's the easy. parable of the Good Samaritan. That's right, right. how he answered that question: <laughs> right. is that your neighbor is the person who is most different from you, yeah. who still loves you like yeah. you would love them, and then vice versa. That's right. And now, the real quick, thing. yeah, go now, ahead. real quick, go ahead. Get. Uh, we want to introduce you to some of our neighbors, and those are our sponsors who help us form this greater community through their sponsorship. Why don't you tell them about us? Absolutely, I'd be happy to. We are most grateful for our sponsors. And I have to first start with Hallow. Hallow is the number one Catholic meditation and guided prayer application in the App Store today. Be sure to visit Hallow because when you do, you'll see all sorts of prayer and meditation guided efforts that they have put together in a beautiful and most attractive way. From Teze to Lexio Divina to Rosary and to daily gospel reflections and so much more. This is a beautiful application that you should definitely have on your phone. And if you utilize this platform, you will truly be able to advance in not only your understanding of the Catholic tradition of prayer, but be able to cultivate that in your own practice uniquely to you. This number one Catholic meditation and prayer app is specifically out there for you to grow in your faith. We are so grateful for their work. We are so grateful for their sponsorship. And you should take a moment and check them out because they are truly at the very forefront of technological advancement and the new evangelization. So check out Hallow Catholic Meditations and Prayer App today. We want to tell you about our sponsor, Exodus 90. Exodus 90 is 90 days of prayer and asceticism, cold showers and devout prayer moving through the book of Exodus so that men could find greater freedom in Christ. This program is a tremendous program that over 20,000 men have already gone through, and you should consider becoming the very next member in this very powerful movement. Please consider to join Exodus 90 now. Check them out. You will not regret it. Ave Maria University, our sponsor, is an institution of higher learning in the Catholic tradition, and one that is very, very dear to me, as I am an alumnus and a graduate of 2008 from the new campus. We were part of the first graduating class, and it is awesome to see how much Ave Maria University has grown and has become not only the youngest Catholic institution, but one of the most powerful, driven in academics and faith. It is a university that appeals to all. And we'd like you to consider becoming a student at Ave Maria University, or if you know someone that is of age that may be looking at colleges and universities around the country, be sure to tell them about Ave Maria. 
There are over 30 majors. There's programs undergrad as well as postgrad, all the way up to PhDs in theology. You do not want to miss a chance to attend this university. It is surrounded by the oratory, this beautiful church in the middle of Ave Maria town, just 30 miles away from Naples and the beautiful beaches. It's in Southwest Florida, so the weather is beautiful. But the greatest thing and the most beautiful thing about the university is the community. The community life is a place where young people find belonging and most importantly, encounter Christ in the beautiful tradition of the Catholic faith. So check out Ave Maria University today. You won't regret it. All right, thanks for that, Padre. Now, I think a lot of the national or the perception, of, especially among younger people, of that Christians are, are, are hypocrites comes from, I think, historically, the last 50 years of politics and the rise of the use of religion as a force or a part of the platform of political parties. Hmm. You see all these people wag, wagging their fingers saying, you can't vote for this person because they don't have this belief or you know, it's a typical, I would say, and I hope I'm not offending anyone of the oh, Southern. You just eva- lost a lot of people. Well, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, Southern, so, Southern evangelical conservatives yeah. who use morality as a hammer to keep people in line in their voting block, but then they're getting, you know, hey, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. You need to vote for me. And then they find him with a hooker and a mm. bunch of crack cocaine. Well, and it happens all the time. Watch, you know, uh, Righteous something. Righteous gemstones. Righteous gemstones. Yeah. There's a show yeah. about that. It's absolutely but, that, but it happens all the time. <laughs> Rated R, and though. it's been so Don't high profile it. that all these people growing growing up seeing this are like these guys are full of it. And, yeah. and I don't think it's it's reserved to just the political sphere because, you know, no. ever since the first bulletin was, was published, you know, people people can but and I'm will saying political use, has but political is weaponized probably, it. It's, it's weaponized it and it's mm-hmm. what is most publicly in your face and gut-wrenching. But even go way back to, to Gandhi, you know, like Gandhi himself said, you know, I would quickly convert to yeah. Christianity, to Catholicism, right. if I were to actually meet a real and true Christian living out there, living right. out their faith. Mm-hmm. And I th- I've always been taken by that that perspective of his because he he saw who Jesus was, he learned his teachings, and I'm sure that he even applied it in his own in his own understanding and ideology. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he was still searching for that authentic authentic witness, really. Yeah, yeah, and more and more realizing. I mean, I I, I love that quote of Gandhi too, mm-hmm. and I and I oftentimes wonder. Uh, what his perception was mm-hmm. of a Christian, right? Well, it's like, probably, it's probably it? the, the, the English um, imperialists who are ruling over them, you know, right. first in South Africa and then in India. Right. Oh, these are your Christians? And well, there was a number of exploitation of the, of the poor. Right. Yeah, they're stepping on in the India. necks of the That's poor. Right. And these, yeah. this is your Christian values? That's this right. is not okay. That's right. Yeah, and, and, and so much more. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is... is um, you know, it's one thing to read Jesus's teachings and say, that is a good person. teacher that I want to follow. Yeah. That's a way of life that makes sense. And I think this is the relationship. And one of the reasons why I remain Catholic and love being Catholic is because it is that beautiful cocktail of faith and reason, grace and virtue that I actually can't behave as a Christian unless I am attached to the vine, right? Unless mm. I, like, I will not, I will fail miserably if it is simply a teaching or a philosophy of living. I'll fail miserably Absolutely. at that. But the sacramental life and actual and sacramental grace in me, Jesus in me, doing the work that Jesus does is like this, yeah. like, that's all I have, you know. Who Jesus was was more important than what he said. If right. he was still 
in his divinity yeah. and humanity who he was and never said a word, right. he would still be more important than right. every teacher combined ever. Yeah. And that's why you can be a doorman and be a saint, mm-hmm. you know, like you, <clears throat> the, the idea Saint Martin de Porras sweeping floors. Right. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. Teresa Lisieux, you, you, you can be holy, um, where you are as long as you're attached to the vine, you know, bearing fruit in the world. And so I think there it's, it's a too simple of a storyline to say that being a Christian is simply behaving, you know, in a certain way. It also has to do with that idea of need that I can't I actually can't do this on my own. This is the best news of all. He's going to give me his spirit in order to Amen. do the work that he's asking yeah. me to Amen. do. Christ I, is the divine, he's the divine physician. And he said the sick do not need a doctor. And he told us and that the this is how it's us. done. Right. Yeah. yeah, this is I mean, how he it's told, done. He prescribed this. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. we're we're creating some ma- imaginary vine and somehow. Mm-hmm. No, he he told us this is how you do it. And right. thank, <laughs> and thank <laughs> God that he said, "Do this in memory of yes. me." Yeah. And when you were sharing that, Annie, I immediately had this memory of being at odds with the brother priest, mm. like real serious, like hurt feelings. Bad conversation, turn bad. Yeah. I do. I'm a sensitive <laughs> Italian. What am I going to do with my life? But no, th- that that experience happened, and sure enough, when the liturgy came rolling around, where we're all together, mm. we're renewing our priesthood next to the bishop, renewing our obedience. Who does God put me right next to? Right. And then when I'm sharing the sign of peace, like, am I really taking this seriously? Mm-hmm. And then for me to be able to express to him, whether he received it well or not, right. or believed it or not, sure. hey, man, I, I may have overstepped my boundary. You know, I may have said something that hurt your feelings. This is how I felt. It's just nothing but love between us, man. We're brothers. Peace. Yeah. You know, peace be with you. Thank God for the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the one who sets up the circumstances right. because he says, do this in memory yeah. of me. That's right. The circumstances of reconciliation are there mm-hmm. and grace is building on our nature. The nature that will ultimately be inclined toward concupiscence, sin, yeah. death. All, you know, political Word. division and, yeah. and using usury, you know, yeah. all these types of yeah. things. Putting pineapple on pizza, all, the, all that <laughs> stuff. That's, that's a good yeah. thing, though. Ketchup yeah. See, on pizza. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, oh, that's just terrible. No, and yeah, in Austria, they would always hand you your slice of pizza and then a packet of ketchup. <laughs> they I'm need like, Jesus, what man. Oh, man. man. What are they doing? Concupiscent. So Excommunicable. So, you know, here's, here's I think, a little pivot in the conversation is, okay, we understand that people are always going to fail. And by nature, even by our theology, mm-hmm. we are, we have original sin. We have an inclination towards sin because we are imperfect. But what does the Catholic church actually do? People will say the church is hypocritical and is a force for negative in the world, but the Catholic church does more for the sick, the poor, the oppressed, the elderly, the unborn than any organization in the history of the world. The Catholic church by such a far stretch is by far the largest charity in the history of the world and continues to do so mm-hmm. every single day in Africa, in Asia, in the inner cities, in the suburbs, to the rich people who are struggling with drug abuse, to the poor person who's struggling to pay their bills, to um, ethnic communities who are outcast because of the color of their skin, to people who are struggling with um being overly concerned about the, or being superstitious about rituals of the faith, the Catholic church is ministering to them every day and they cannot be overlooked. We are the largest charity and force for good the world has ever known. And the fact that we are being lumped in with hypocrites 
is something that 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 we have to work to get that narrative changed because it allow it infringes on our ability to help even more people than we are. And and it precisely happens when humanity is at its most vulnerable state. Mm -hmm. So somebody could have the position of, hey, the church is filled with hypocrites until they're dying with cancer and a priest or a Eucharistic minister or someone from the church, a deacon comes into their room and says, hey, can I, can I sit down with you for a little while? Mm -hmm. And then it's renewed in a singular moment of pure charity. Absolutely. And it can also be undone very mm -hmm. quickly and as it can, well. It can right? be. It can and also then be we see that with the quick. abuse scandal. Yeah. I mean, generations of families who have been had their faith in the church yeah. has been ruined in a moment by one act of uh, one perpetrated act against an innocent mm -hmm. person. It's yeah, very I, fragile. I, I as you were as you were speaking, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm thinking of you know St. Joseph Hospital downtown and the work that's going on in the inner city here and uh, different missions that have been a part of foreign and um, no you know hands down it's absolutely correct. What I'm what I'm imagining, though, is this sort of um, this dependence on that. I think that by the nature of how big we are, of course, we are doing great things. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> I wonder if we have become, as a laity, more, uh, you know, off the hook. Like, I, you know, writing a check for an organ. Great. Yeah. Do that, you know, support, uh, missions, foreign missions, support the inner city, um, you know, support the hospitals and the things, but is, has it become, you know, where our definition of church has become those that are priests, religious, uh, missionaries, they're the ones, ministers, they're the ones doing it. They're the ones doing it. And I'm supporting that. Have we, be, have we become complacent because Activists with their checkbooks only? Yeah. yeah. Like, or just uh, you, bragging you about the, it and being apathetic to the spiritual right, life and, and the or people maybe around not, you. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, you know, I'll pick on the pro-life movement, you know, for a moment, like, you know, great, you know, let's rock and roll. Let's get laws overturned and let's, you know, let's elect good officials. But if all of our intent is focused on what we're against and who's the bad guy in the room and getting the right, getting the good guy in the room in order to change things, we're, we're doing very little to support women, you know, so there's this, um, you know, there's this idea that it's both, you know, it is both and I have yeah, the, to do the, my part as well. The first, the, the first uh, attack you'll see on the pro-life movement is you are for babies being born, but after that, you don't care about that's it. That's the hypocritical, that's the same thing, you know, that's the perception, uh -huh. you know, so it's either very, very lousy marketing, you know, like, uh, which call Fuzzati, we can help. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, it's true. Like we were talking about like, that's, the amount we, that's of what good, we do. Yeah, the amount of good that's going on through the Catholic Church in Catholic, you know, charities and stuff is incredible. We have lousy marketing, um, lousy promotion. Uh, who is it? Um, goodwill. Their slogan? Doing the best good. <laughs> like, what? That's their slogan? Yeah, that's their slogan. That's terrible. Doing the best good. You know, it's like, wow. But it's in two colors and then it says do good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're looking at it, you're going good. Wow, you can just say that. Like they can just outright and say that. That that's incredible. Um, we we need that. Or you know the the like I was getting to earlier, the idea that um, we that this hypocritical notion comes from the laity and the vast majority of us sort of putting the onus in completely on the church, which is priests, religious, mm -hmm. and organizations, parishes. We see this in religious education as well. You know, the, where's the first place you learn about Jesus in your home? Mm -hmm. Where, where are we, where are we, you know, 
taxiing our kids every single Wednesday and Sunday to the church, to Mm -hmm. a volunteer that may or may not be formed in teaching the faith, you Mm -hmm. know? Where yeah, and then the expectation of this person that hasn't been formed to instruct the faith is one person serving fifteen hundred, two thousand people, and then all of the expectation goes on their shoulders, and it's not being shared by the laity to cover the needs of the religious education. And we pat ourselves on the back and say our youth group is awesome. Yeah. Because we like support youth ministry. We support youth ministry. It's like, you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I know that was sort of a long rant, but I, I think there's some of that, that idea of hypocrisy comes from our the expectation. Yeah. We've placed it on there. And so we think we're doing that. Um, you know, it's just another end of the spectrum. Checking a box. But it yeah. is. But the fact does remain that we, the Catholic church is the one that is specifically person to person healing mm. the wounds giving drugs to people who are dying of diseases. I mean, yeah, they are yeah. on the ground doing it as a whole. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church but is the largest the, provider of that person-to-person service to the most vulnerable and needy of the world. But that's not going to give an encounter of Jesus Christ to so, somebody just by reading it. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's what he's saying is like, so, but that, just because we're doing this doesn't mean we pat ourselves on the back and that people just barge into our churches. If if it did that, we would see that. But we do. And it's not we happening. See, we see the church exploding in Africa because, right. Africa because of that. But a lot I of times. I think it's because they dance, but. But a lot of times my, in our yeah. ministry, I'm we have you. not. <laughs> that same type of care has not been given to people who are dealing with different issues in our mm. modern world, which is abandonment, mm. loneliness, loneliness, disenfranchisement, yeah. mm. um, confusion. Um, and just generally living in the modern world, and it's incredibly difficult. Where is our ministry to them that would, I think, really help to clear up some of this charge of hypocrisy? Yeah, and that's what that's where we're at. I mean, we we finally just said, well, we have to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to know them, and this we, is with this is with Delray Collective. Yeah, this is uh, we. Tell us about that. Well, yeah. you, you open your doors to your neighbor. So yeah. you, your son does this. Mm-hmm. You're realizing that this is central to the gospel. You open your door mm-hmm. to your neighbors. I've, I've been. Mm-hmm. That's where I met you. Yeah, right. So here, here is a fruit of, mm-hmm. of, that, of, of this ministry, thanks yeah. to your son. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and because of that, we've developed this friendship. Sure. And I've developed other friendships with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it continues on. And then this is where all this starts coming into play. The yeah. And it, you're right. Because, um, you know, like getting back to that idea that no one, you know, ideologies are different and, you mm-hmm. know, um, but, but everybody is in, we're, we're made for community. We're mm-hmm. made for communion. We're made for other, not only to, um, you know, to, to receive what others can give us in that place, but also to learn how to give, uh, we call it sharing and sparing, you know, the idea that, you know, um, when there's a, the, the school of the table, you know, sitting down and, and learning how to uh, converse, how to bite your tongue, how to be patient, how to, how to ask a, a question that is not going to be condemning, you know, to understand, to start with genuine curiosity about my Muslim neighbor. I'm just curious. Can you explain, you know, these types of things can happen at a table, whereas you put, you, you do that in the grocery store, you do that at one or the other church. It just, you know, it, it doesn't happen there. So, um, so the school of the table, learning how to share and spare and, um, you know, uh, like a normal day at our, we call it open porch. Um, you know, I've got a, uh, I've got a 
Methodist trained, you know, a pastor across the street who now uh, is a therapist that practice, practices shamanism. Okay. So very interesting guy. Had yeah. no idea until I invited him over to my house. Um, two, two doors down, you know, is our uh, reformed Jewish neighbors, uh, Jerry and Rona, who bake all week and bring it all over to our house, you know, at our open porch. Um, and then, you know, our Muslim neighbors. And sometimes it is literally just those three families, you know, mm-hmm. a Methodist pastor who practices shamanism, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, an, an elderly couple of reformed Jews and our Muslim neighbor, uh, Parveen, who is a, um, who's a, you know, a beautiful soul that kind of brings us all together. And we talk openly. There is so much fruit from, uh, from that, from that, that relationship of these four families that it has flowed out into their own. Now they're, they're hosting their own little things and coming together. We, um, we're able to know the needs of our neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. getting back to what you're asking because we're in relationship with them. Uh, to see, you, you know, uh, you know, somebody and, and, and unintentionally, we just sort of judge, you know, we just, what is that person about? Man, that guy has a, you know, a dog that's always out or he's got a loud motorcycle or we just use sort of all these, you know, clues to fill in the gaps for what we think about our neighbors. Yeah. Um, and it, and, and when we do sit down, we learn that they're, you know, people, people that have needs, that have similar needs. And so um, Delray Collective was really kind of born out of this idea of what if, you know, because I love like, I want to build an alternative to everything that sucks. Like that is like my, that's the way my brain works. I'm wired. I'm like, that sucks. Let's build an alternative. You know, like let's do something different. So this was sort of born out of this idea is like, well, what if we stop doing everything else and every Christian Catholic family simply open their doors to their neighbors to learn about them so and like their conferences needs. and books and instead stuff. of doing all of that. What would, mm-hmm. what would Except our, for our world, podcast? You still, ex- you still endorse well, we that. Do, we, I mean, we're drinking coffee. Like I, I include this, you okay. know, like yeah. the talking head, I have everything figured out and here's what you need to know. Like turn that thing off. Like yeah. let's build a better alternative. I think you you're onto something here. Um, so yeah, so we, we just started, uh, you know, asking that question of what would it look like if we began to empower families to open their, and it's not the end all be all. It's a part of it, we think, but the vision of every block in every neighborhood in, in every city across the country, having a place where a Catholic family was opening their doors with hospitality for a meal with no agenda. No, no, we're not trying to convert anybody, mm-hmm. although that happens and that's wonderful Sometimes, when it does. Yep. Oh, what would that look like? And, and, and how much fruit could be born, you know, and now there's, there's personalities. And I think you, you brought that up. Like not everybody's going to be super cool with everybody coming in. Someone could come in, take in a fight or something. Yeah. Oh. Toxic people. Yeah. Um, it happens. You know, it does. It absolutely yeah. does. Uh, so yeah. So there's tips and tricks that we've learned over the past 11, almost 12 years that we felt responsible to begin to disseminate and, and form and encourage people yeah. uh, to do something similar. So it's wild. And we have this like heat map now uh, that Emily's working on, you know, there's like 600 crazy people out there, uh, it, you know, in the United States, a couple in Canada, one in Australia that are opening their porches weekly 
Yeah. Uh, to do this, yeah, the, to do the, this the, wild the thing. The death of community and neighborhood has changed the way America works in the last 50 years. Yeah, it used and to be bringing that like back that. Po- awesome. Post, yeah, yeah post-World War II, we had, you know, it, it, this, the, I, well, the suburb was born. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. automobile was made, you know, mm-hmm. so you had places where you slept and then places where you do commerce. And that separated uh, so mm. many people from one another. It's no longer, no yeah. longer the neighborhood where you could walk to get a, a, a haircut yeah you know, or, or to yeah. the grocery store. And so, yeah, yeah and, trying to bring, bring that back. And like, I went on a pilgrimage, uh, with, with Eddie and his wife, with my wife, and it was called pilgrimage of beauty. We went to this beautiful, well, they went to this beautiful place in the, in the, in Guatemala, this lake that we missed because I couldn't find my passport, but I eventually <laughs> caught back up with you. Another and story, I, another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, let's not, let's not do that. I'm already, yeah, that's not, but, Shame. um, but like, you know, you think about pilgrimages, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you go to holy sites, you pray, there's a group of people, you're in a bus and da, 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 and we're going on one. And I'm really excited about that. This, this pilgrimage was like, I mean, I, I, I spent half the time in awe of the beauty and kind of uh, just meandering through Antigua and, and, but, but, but most importantly, I got to know these people. We lived in community with each other in a house we ate together. We like, and, and it was a, just the right amount of people to where we received each other and learned about each other and celebrated this connection that we made on this trip with each other. I think that was just beautiful. Uh, yeah. how pilgrimage now and your, your way of rethinking things, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Like I, I, I'm not going with you guys to Poland, Yeah, um, no. but, um, but I, I'd love to, but the only reason I would go would be to sit down with you and have some coffee and, and, and eat a meal because I, again, I think that our best work is done there. Um, yeah, but my favorite, my favorite, uh, line from you, no, I'm not going to tell a story. (laughs) My favorite, my favorite. You well, call I can tell, tell the story. I just want to stop you. No, 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 no. No, I love, no, at the end of it, I remember you saying, I finished a conversation with my wife. Yeah. And that is nothing against, you know, no, you yeah. and your relationship prior. Yeah, but I know. Isn't that crazy that mm-hmm. what did you like about this trip? And I was like, I like we talked and We've, then we kind of just went through the whole thing. And then just we looked at each other and went, we, we finished that conversation. <laughs> How amazing is that? Right. Yeah. And I serious. think that's where and it's not because like we're. But, you know, it's because we kids. have six small kids and <laughs> right. like there yeah. are needs that supersede our relationship and re yeah. reinvigorating and reencountering. I mean, we even go to dinner mm-hmm. and we, we can't finish it because we're talking about all these logistical things and scheduling, different scheduling and, and things like and, that. Yeah, right. And it was like, we had none of that to do. And, and when the, when the last words were said and the words fell, we just kind of looked at each other and we're just like. That's what that feels that like. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So back to, back to the neighbor thing. Who is your neighbor? Well, your first neighbor is your spouse. Yeah. You yeah. know that yeah. the the and and you learn you learn how to reach one level beyond that by by finishing a conversation and listening to your first neighbor. That's so right. if there's yeah. if there's priests or bishops or people in you know just regular married couples that are listening to the show. Yeah. Is this like a curriculum? Is this, how you know, they get, how, how do you, they, how do is they, there a course or an event? Is, is, you know, like, <laughs> is there a subscription? Is there a subscription? Yeah. 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 Right. And so yeah, there's, a, there's this, yeah, that is a, uh, that's a great question, you know, and I think there is this fine balance. So what, what we love to do um, because it's based on this relationship 
uh, we like to walk with instead of just sort of here's the deal and you go and do your thing. Um, so we, we're currently walking with like 70 people. We do, uh, you know, coaching more or less uh, through a Zoom call. My wife and I hop on, we pour a drink and, and you know, sit with uh, other couples or, you know, yeah, priest, uh, uh, staff, you know, a parish staff on how to do that. There's also, you know, parish missions that we'll, 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 um, we'll do, but, but for the most part, yeah, DelrayCollective.com, you can kind of find some of the things there, at least the general ideas and values. And then, um, yeah, we're getting, we're getting started. There's a book coming. Yeah. Um, it's a, I guess I could say it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a recipe book because, uh, because yeah, food Yeah, Yeah. and, and Jesus ate. Wait, what? Lots of people. You you go back and look at the tables that Jesus Mm -hmm. said. I think oftentimes we look at the last supper as the one table, but remember, uh, Simon, the Pharisees table, Mm -hmm. you know, remember Zacchaeus's one of my favorite stories in the entire Bible is after his resurrection. He did that. He went and he showed up and he cooked breakfast Breakfast. for the apostles on the beach. Yeah. Which I don't have fish for breakfast. Sounds but weird. Oh, I do. love it. A nice little Jewish salmon. You're right. Bagel. Jalapeno. I remember the first time that it occurred to me. I was like, fish for breakfast? Gross. And then I realized like Jewish people do eat fish for breakfast. Yeah, like doing oh, bagels yeah. and locks. Like, that's again, incredible. That, yeah. Immediately, so that food, food. That, you know, and yeah. table and community and talking. And then afterwards they eat and they talk. Right. And yeah, you know, yeah, we uh, we might not agree on politics. But we agree that the fajitas are good. Yeah. <laughs> so you make it. And that's a great start. And that's yes, a great start to fellowship. Exactly. Awesome. exactly. That's, that's it. Nice if, if you can create, yeah. And this that's is something why there's is, a recipe book, so it doesn't suck. Yes. Because so you can have that. Right. So look, even if the friendship and the community, the talking sucks, at least the food's good. <laughs> at least the food's good. Right. And that's what happens every time I go hunting and fishing with you guys. The conversation totally sucks. Right. But the food the is delicious. <laughs> That's because so you keep coming all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah go back. Good, man. Yeah, Cordua. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, Delray, Delray Collective.com. Delray yeah. I'll make sure yeah. I put a link there yeah. on the show page. Yeah. yeah. And me, we're going to try to get, we're, sure. Eddie and I are going to try to do more of these trips, these these pilgrimages we're, we're talking about, ways to continue what you started. Through. That's another way. You know, there's yeah. sort of like this uh, this moment where you can come away, and we do. We sit and yeah. talk and kind of share these types of ideas. Um, yeah, the uh, the food yeah. is is food. key to it. Beauty, yeah. right? Leading with beauty, be- you know, beauty, truth, and goodness. Amen. Sometimes we don't, we, we forget to lead with beauty. Um, and the culinary arts are an art. Mm-hmm. We forgot that. Like, I might not have the same taste in music or like I look at this Picasso and I don't know what, it, what you know, but but something that tastes good is tasty. Like we all agree on it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, a, it, you know, it's it's not for no reason that God made himself edible. Yes. Like, OK, he knew we were going to be hungry. He knew that we could come together. And he said, how about if I become food? And 90 percent of his ministry was based around right. The table. Yeah. And we just, we're just so grateful that you joined us at this table, the Catholic Talk Show, to join us with our, our hosts here and our showrunner, Ryan, Ryan Shield and Ryan Delacroix. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I'm very happy to be with you as well. Annie Hickman, Delray Collective, check them out. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'll be posting things on there, as well as our YouTube followers. Be sure to click the subscribe button and click that little bell so whenever we have a video that produces, it shows up on your feed. And a big thank you. We wouldn't be able to do the show without our patrons. 
So if you're considering becoming a patron and financially supporting our show, go to patreon.com forward slash Catholic Talk Show. There you'll see every way that you could support the show financially to ensure content like this and so much more continues far into the future. We thank you so much. And Annie, thank you so much for being yeah, here. This is fun. You're Thanks awesome. Coming again. Yeah. And this priest is interested in Delray Collective. All right, let's do it. Absolutely. See you next awesome. time. Bye. See you next week. Peace. Yeah.